an epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Smart journalism. Fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Good morning and a happy Sunday to you. This is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Patrick Maher live from the VSIN studios here at the South Point. Michael Lombardi there in Jersey, a balmy Ocean City, New Jersey, right? It's getting hot out there. Lovely. It's it's uh, hopefully the start of a great summer, Patrick. So uh, it's nice that we get a little bit of warm weather coming in. It was hot yesterday. It was hot at Pimlico. They need to do something with that track. I think the the state of Maryland needs to clean their act up a little bit, don't you think? I mean, it needs <laughs> it's, to be a better. It's a, it's a huh? dump. It, well, it's they've been a dump. they've been trying I mean, to come move. Come on now. They've been trying to move the Preakness to Laurel, which is a nicer track as opposed to yeah. Pimlico. But the tradition. You know, they don't want to break tradition, but they've tried to do some renovations. You, you see, they talked about it a little bit on the broadcast yesterday, but you're 100% right. It's, it doesn't meet the standards, you would think, for a Triple Crown. Well, my hat's off to you. Good call on your, on your picks. Uh, you did a great job handicapping it. Uh, you know, I thought that you, you nailed this whole thing all the way down. You and Eddie and everybody that we had on the show, I think, uh, certainly uh, had this race kind of right, right th- where you thought I, it was going to be. I think Michael Jeff Siegel actually gave out the trifecta. He had early voting. But you did, too. Yeah, I just you said, too, you know, though. I wanted to try to beat the two horses. You know, you and I, as we were leaving, said, look, it's going to be early voting in Epicenter, and we want to try to beat those two. So I wanted to try to beat them with Secret Oath, the Philly, who got squeezed at the beginning of the race. I don't know if you saw what happened at the beginning. Well, it's almost like if you were running right now at three-quarter speed, and then somebody cut you off, and you had to stop yeah. in your tracks and then pick up that momentum again and, and, and chase Eight other, right. uh, eight other men or women. That's kind of – and so for Secret Oath to finish fourth and round out the Super, like she really ran well towards the end given what she dealt with in the traffic at the beginning. And I'll give you another one. Epicenter. Epicenter ran another massive race. Uh, and I don't want to pick on Joel Rosario, the, the jockey on top of Epicenter, but he rode – the worst race possible. So think about this. Epicenter finishes second in the Derby with one of the great stretch runs we've ever seen from Rich Strike. And then a terrible ride from Joel Rosario 14 days later. He finishes second again. You almost feel badly for Epicenter, but the fresh horse and early voting does win the Preakness Stakes, Michael Lombardi. You know, I I thought the Philly, I thought she kind of was out of gas at the end there. I thought she was going to make that run, and then it looked like she was running in quicksand towards the end of the race. And early voting just looked like, like he was getting stronger as as this thing went along. So, you know, I, I don't know enough about it to understand how to handicap the jockeys, but certainly there is professional air that goes into everything we do, and, and, and you know it better than anybody. Well, you know, so to give it maybe a little bit more of an angle, so the rider on top of early voting was Jose Ortiz. His brother is Irad Ortiz. Do you know the horse and jockey that squeezed out Secret Oath? 
I ran Ortiz. <laughs> and there's, a, there's, there's actually audio where you could hear Jose thanking Irad at the end of the race. I'm not going to get into the conspiracy theory, but my pocket well, would like to there. get into it. I mean, obviously, there's, there's certainly one there. some, There's certainly something there. It's Look, it was the fresh horse. This We, t- we talked about Chad Brown, the trainer of early voting. He did this in 2017 with cloud computing where he held the horse out of the Kentucky Derby. The fresh horse goes into the mile and three sixteenths there at, as you as you aptly pointed out the dump of Pimlico uh, and wins the and wins the Preakness. Now the big question, and I think it's 50-50. Siegel yesterday said that Rich Strike would run in the Belmont. I'm not positive he's going to run. That is the Kentucky Derby winner. We shall see. I'd put it at 50-50 right now because you pointed it out at the very beginning, and that's the great point. It's all about breeding. The money that you can make off of winning the Kentucky Derby, specifically with that stretch run, can set up generations of family members when breeding with these horses. So the idea that you would compromise that in some way. However, they might feel this horse can get the mile and a half with how well he ran down the stretch there and the mile and a quarter at the Kentucky Derby. So it's a huge decision to make. I think based on how he trains leading up to it will be the decisive factor is whether or not Rich Strike runs in the in the Belmont. You know, I would believe what I saw. You know, I, I think that the way that Rich Strike ran the Derby, I would believe that the horse is talented. I think the only thing deterring you from running him is the fact that you $30,000 claiming race. You know, it's a little bit like a college free agent. You know, you just don't want to believe he's this good. You know, how do we miss him? How, how did this guy <laughs> become so good? How did J.C. Jackson of the Patriots go undrafted? You know, and and you keep asking yourself that question. Well, he must not be very good. He must not be very good. And eventually you convince yourself that he's not very good, even though what you're seeing is good. Yeah. So I think you have to kind of believe your eyes. And and obviously in a sport where we have times, legitimate clock times, you know, you've got to go with what, what the numbers tell you. I think, and we could relate this to your days in the front office and scouting and kind of finding that, that gem in the rough I, I've watched that and you've watched it too that overhead shot of rich strike where he starts oh. making his move I've watched that no less than 20 times and my eyes I still don't believe what I saw but you're 100 percent right I, I, it, like I thought that, it was brilliant. It was brilliant I mean I think it's one of the you could just keep watching it over and over again I mean the way looked he like he was in he, he was sped up D- didn't look like compared to the other horses on that shot that he was almost sped up with and it wasn't real time it was unbelievable when I watched him run, you know, it's a little bit sometimes at the combine when you watch a guy run that you don't think is very fast and he runs this blazing time, your first instinct, he must be on some juice. He must be doing something <laughs> yes. in growth hormone. Yes. You know, like, what's going on here? And, 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 and essentially, if you wanted to ever analyze the history of failures in the draft, it really goes back to understanding steroids and how steroids are applicable into, into this training. So you're always questioning that, right? Because you, you, you just wonder where this all of a sudden this – elite training came from and when I was watching that rich strike run I'm like whoa there's something in there some he's got some punch packed because I mean here he's 20 minutes 20 what a half hour he wasn't even going to be in the race and all of a sudden (laughs) he looked like the elite horse of all elite horses well put it this way when the trainer went to bid on the horse rich strike at a thirty thousand dollar maiden claimer they actually went there to watch another horse and ended up yeah. picking up Rich Strike. Like, this is, it's almost improbable, but that's why yeah. you, you'd you like to see the story kind of convalesce there at the Belmont Stakes because it's such a cool story, and I think it could save, you know, we're not going to have a triple crown, obviously, but the story would be huge and massive going into it, you know. You, you know, as we talk about horse racing, and I can see why so many NFL people have gravitated to it, especially Parcells, Bill Parcells, the former Giant Cowboy head coach, Jet, Patriot. You know, you could see it because what you just said there, Patrick, it's it's that moment we all have in scouting where we and I wrote about this for one of the players. It's who's that guy like you're watching <laughs> another player, right? And who's that guy? I, I actually sent the write-up that I did about this one player. We were all in uh, at the East-West Shrine game out in California. 
in, I think it was 93, we were out there, and it was just torrential rain. We're up on a, a, in the Marriott over there, and we're, it's just raining. But Jim Schwartz, then our, our kind of, he was working in college scouting at the time. He brought a beta cam, and me and Bill <laughs> Belichick and Dom Neely, we're all in this giant room. We're watching LSU tape. We're going to watch the great Gabe Northern from LSU, a second-round pick of the Buffalo Bills. And we're watching it, and all of a sudden, you know, Belichick's like, who's that guy? And that guy was Anthony McFarlane. Oh my! You know, it was you know. So you you but we had to send Schwartz to the to we had to call the office, fax the information. You know, because nobody knew who. You know, we didn't have phones or Google or all that. But who's that guy? Is kind of you see it a lot, and 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 I guess you see it in horse racing too. You know, think about Cole Strange, where Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick is not worried about what the masses think he's like right. ralph waldo what is it ralph waldo emerson who was like dude you should be thinking for yourself okay this is what right. america's about well cole strange everybody's like what is he doing now people are coming out and saying he's freakishly athletic trainers yeah. can't understand his athletic ability like you know now the narrative is starting to kind of come the other way with cole strange well, I, and I wrote about this for the Daily Coach. We wrote about it in the Daily Coach. It's like instead of questioning Belichick, if you're Mel Kuyper and you've never won a title or have been in a draft room before or actually been on a part of a playoff team or seen a team operate, instead of criticizing Belichick, you might want to say, what does Belichick know that I don't That's know? That's right. <laughs> you know, what does he know that I don't know? You know, and, and I think that it, it, it's probably one of the great formulas we should all use in life is to, to go back to that. It's like when somebody does something, I wish I would have learned that when I was younger. Instead of thinking you're smarter than somebody else, ask the question, what does he know that I don't know? And you might come up with the right answer. It's also important in, in betting, you know, that group think that we all get caught in. Will yeah. end up, you'll either end up evening out or losing money. That's really what it comes no down doubt. to. You always have to constantly be tinkering with the models. Whether they're your models, somebody else's postulations, whatever it is, you constantly have to be tinkering. That's why I, I, I journal like a madman and I journal about every aspect. And part of that is just watching the gambling tendencies and, and some of the betting tendencies. And I encourage everybody to do the same. It's, I, the reason you have a hard time with names, I just it just all crystallized is because do you know how many names you probably had to remember throughout <laughs> the years going to different schools and scouting combines? Like yeah. you, you know, numbers, I'm guessing. Wouldn't you just go by numbers? Who's 32 over there? Yeah. I mean, we're nickname them, you know, like, and just kind of, <laughs> it makes it a lot easier. It's a little bit like, you know, they, they, t they say Sherlock Holmes walks in a room and he, and he, and he memorizes the room by the, his childhood, you know? And so, okay, this is on the wall. I remember this. And then your, your childhood triggers it. It's a little bit like, how do we remember songs from 40 years ago? You know, and you sing the words to them, and you haven't heard the song in 40 years, but you remember the word. Like, how does our minds do that? And yet we can't remember when we meet somebody and we say, hi, Patrick, and then two seconds later we forget Patrick's name. You know, how does that happen? Or a scent. Because, or like yeah. a scent. I walked by somebody at the mall the other day, and I swear 1985 came crystallized in my head. You know what I mean? You, like, smell something, a cologne or a perfume or whatever well, it yeah, is. Yeah, I get that all the time. When I, I get that because of Al Davis. I smell that cologne coming back. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> he was... My man was doused in it. Um, congratulations, Michael Lombardi. You nailed it. 109-103, heat culture in full effect. And we're going to discuss oh. that coming back next year at Lombardi Line on a Sunday. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. 
When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until four, so. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. You want the data? Data? Whatever way. We've got it for you. Betting splits, money and bets for every game, updated every 10 minutes. So this is cool because we've started to really update these numbers and now they're super reactive. So you go to vcin.com and check out the betting split so you can see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. It's very, very crucial once you get into this, uh, as far as betting, understanding which way the money's moving. So go to vcin.com right now and check out the betting splits. Elliot with a tremendous outline. Good job. Kevin, Uncrustable Kevin is here. We got the squad downstairs as we welcome you in here on a Sunday. Michael Lombardi there in New Jersey. I'm Patrick Maher here in Vegas. I was just looking up, you know, the PGA. That weather was disgusting yesterday, oh Michael. It was cold, wet, windy, rainy, and, of course, Tiger had to withdraw. He looked... We got to, you know what? He needs to take a nap for like three months. He's just got to lay down and stop walking. Yeah, yeah. It's bad. You know, but I think what we saw too, it, 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 it wasn't just one day. It was the, you know, when you watched him on Monday, I think when they were going through on the golf channel, I was watching him. He looked pretty good. You know, he was a little mm-hmm. awkward trying to pick up the ball. By Wednesday, he did not look good at all. I mean, he did not look good at all. And, and I think to me, uh, you know, this is the longer it goes, the endurance test that he has to grind through to win a tournament four days of, of 18 holes, especially if it's a lot of hilly and and, and it's a long course. Uh, it, it's going to be hard for him. I mean, cre- credit his mental toughness, but I just think he he wore out. And, and I just think it's going to be hard for him because it's just constant, constant pressure on his legs that just aren't ready to go yet. I think he nailed it. it, it it's... It's a credit to him specifically making the cut, which made a lot of people a lot of money with, with that back nine on Friday. My, my father actually lost his leg, so he has a prosthetic. And whenever I see Tiger, I immediately think about he walks just like my dad does, but Tiger doesn't have a prosthetic. But he yeah. does have a metal rod essentially running the length of his leg. It's really unbelievable what he's doing. And you saw him after the round. He was given an interview, and they asked about the pain as compared to the pain after a round there at Augusta, and he just said, we're not even on the same level. This is so much worse. So hopefully, yeah. hopefully it starts to even out for him and he can start to feel better because the competitive spirit is off the charts. He's got to listen to his body, you know, yeah. and his body's telling him, shut it down. And, and as much as he wants to compete and go forward, you, you know, he's got to listen to his body and, and not try to grind through it. I mean, you know, look, he's achieved so much, and he's the greatest golfer probably we've ever seen with Jack Nicholas and, and, and Ben Hogan and all that. But the reality of it is he's also one of the finest competitors we've ever seen too. And, and sometimes that competitiveness gets in the way of, of him trying to kind of heal his body. Well, just like we had it before the PGA started, you've got even money right now to win the championship on Mito Pereira, the Chilean. Nobody had that. He's 100, he ranked 100th Will Hill in did. the world. Will, Will Hill did? Will Hill did. Will Hill did. You yes, know, I we'll got to ask about you it. about Will. He, he, it's not that, and you know how much we love Will, but he might be insane. 
All he does is text me like smiley faces, and I think the <laughs> smiley face is an indication that I'm supposed to know what he's betting. So do you, yeah, do you I, see what I, I'm no, saying? I, like there's an ego in yeah, there no, that's I, untamable. I can't, I can't read his mind either, but like, that's okay. He but just I, wrote I, me I a smiley ultimate, face, but if he, if yeah. he picked Pereira, we got to give him, we got to laud him when he comes on because that's incredible. No doubt, no doubt. That's I mean, incredible. I just found out, he, said, he texted me yesterday, he said, I'm nervous because he picked Pereira. Like, I said, how can you be nervous? He was a 170-to-1 shot. That, you're just guessing at that point. If you're playing him, you're guessing. You know, I mean, let's be honest. But it's a great guess. All credit to Will if he's got – listen, he's three strokes up with 18 to play. I mean, and it's not like he's being chased by big dogs. I mean, think about this. The top six on the leaderboard have no major wins and just two PGA Tour victories. You got Fitzpatrick. You got Zalatoris. You got Young, Answer, Power, Sink. I mean, it's not like he's – Bubba is two under. So Bubba and Thomas are two under. Those are the big names. So is Stuart Sink at two under. But Pereira's got a three-stroke lead. And the conditions, if he just plays within his shoes like he did yesterday when he started to struggle a little bit and kind of hang in there, he's going to be fine. Will, congratulations to Will if he's going to cash this. By the way, the last 33 major champions uh, either led or within or were within four shots of the lead after 54. So that essentially means Pereira, Zalatoris, Fitzpatrick, and Cam Young today. Those are the four yeah. that fit that requirement. So you know, and, and it's disappointing for Justin Thomas and Rory McIlroy totally. to kind of get, you know, to have this, you know, get so close to it, and then I should not be able to kind of to close it down and to play these rounds that they played. Obviously, we know the weather was a factor yesterday and it affected everybody's round, but, you know, it, it affected, you know, it affected everybody. And unfortunately for those two guys who, you know, they're counting on to turn it around. I thought Rory would. I mean, that, that shot he hit on the par, the long par three was incredible. I mean, it's only 55 degrees right now in, in Southern Hills. I mean, it's not going to be another, I don't know how warm it's going to get. It's supposed to get, you know, the winds are going to be 15 miles an hour with gust up to 20. So it, it, this is, you know, I don't know how good scoring is going to be today. Great graphic downstairs, lays it out for us there, PGA at Southern Hills. The dichotomy with the PGA being now the second major as opposed to the fourth major, they used to have to deal with the sweltering heat, and now they're dealing with the frigid temperatures. Will Hill is going to join in 15, 25 minutes, so we'll let him crow. That's a tremendous job by our buddy. So last night, and I'm going to give you mm. the updated series prices. I was just talking to Elliot about this. It's <laughs> fascinating, the overreactions. But the heat, and you called it heat culture, 109-103. How about a different energy from this team? They forced yeah. 24 turnovers, 19 steals that led to 33 points. This was a completely different team and a team that was missing Butler after the half. Bam, went insane. 31, 10, and 6 in 42 minutes. We thought he had to, you know, and he did, and he was aggressive from the start. What, what I think is, un, is kind of the untold story of this game is they took 92 shots inside the three-point line, you know, and what was even more remarkable was the fact they only went to the line 14 times, and a lot of that was at the end of the game when That's they right. were just trying to catch up. You know, they were not getting a lot of calls that they should have gotten for being as physically aggressive as they were. And the fact that, you know, both teams, they, they limited their threes. They went to work inside the paint, and it worked. They were the more physical team. And once again, you know, uh, even losing Butler, I think Victor Oladipo deserves a ton of credit. He sits on the bench for, 20 minute, for, for the first 24 minutes of the game, and then he comes out in the second half, and that was a coach's decision. It wasn't he was injured. And he comes out, he has four steals in the second half, and he plays lights out. To me, that is exactly what culture represents. Good point. And that's exactly what mental toughness represents. I mean, he came out there, he played 20 minutes, he did a hell of a job, he had four steals, you know, he was able to defend, and as, as hard as it was for them to score in the second half, you know, they were able to hold on to that lead and give credit to Bam and give credit to, to Struess, who made some great shots down the stretch that kind of really stopped the runs. And if you're looking, and that's exactly where I was going to go with this, if you're looking for an indicator of backing the heat moving forward and their mental toughness, well, they led by 26, and then they're in Boston with that Jalen Brown three with, what, 240 to play. The Celtics cut it to 93-92. Struess answered immediately with a three. You get another bucket from Bam. They're immediately up six, and they never look back. Like that, without Butler, that's a huge, huge test that they passed. How about this, though, Patrick? How do you have a guy who takes 22 shots inside the paint, and he went to the line one time? Oh, it was, it was 
like that was the story throughout the game was the calls the Celtics were getting and the Heat weren't getting. Like I think that should motivate the Heat, right? Like this yeah, is great. I do too. I mean, I think they overcame obstacles. I think they were playing against seven or eight players. I mean, look, I think Boston bounces back next game. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I mean, Tatum's not going to have as bad a shooting night. I mean, we've seen this from Tatum now. Well, I mean, one thing about Tatum, he has these incredible 40-point nights, and sometimes he has these clunkers. I mean, he's consistently inconsistent. I mean, we got Marcus Smart, who did a who did a Willis Reed yesterday. I mean, he comes off the bench and he comes jogging back, and you know. But I, I think what what we saw in the game was that I think they went after Grant Williams. They know they can attack him defensively, and they did, and they were committed to getting the ball inside. Look, they had 22 more attempts inside the three point line than the Celtics did. And both teams, uh, I think Miami had 33 shots from the three-point line and, and Boston had 32. They had 22 more attempts inside the paint, inside, not, not necessarily in the paint, but inside the three-point line. I credit that to Spolster. Never I doubt so. to me. I, I think Spolster is such a hell of a coach. He really is. It's, uh, it's the recipe the Golden State's using against the Mavs. I mean, they're yeah. killing them in the paint. And you know what? Hallelujah. Because all this talk about space and hitting threes, like the idea, and I know the old school game likes to get clubbed, you know, with plumbers and firemen, that kind of nonsense. Yeah. But, I mean, the last two performances, and as you mentioned, overcoming the foul differential has been because Bam dominated in the paint and Kayvon Looney dominated in the paint for Golden State. Facts. You know, I mean, it's really not a complicated game. I mean, two stole a lot of points. I mean, I know three's better than two. I, I learned that in kindergarten. Dominic even knows that now. <laughs> you know, good. but the reality of it is, is your shooting percentages too. And when you get 92 attempts inside there, you got to do it. Updated series price: 110, 110. Take your pick. I mean, they should just leave it at that because it's gonna. I mean, like we're reacting to every win. It was Boston minus 250 after game two. They won by 25. Now after game three, it's 110-110. That's hilarious. We'll come back, continue with this one. Also, we got a big game tonight in Dallas. Text your boys over there. Let's see if they're ready to go. We come back here Lombardi Line on a Sunday. Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, it's Express Bet. First Bet wants you to get in on all the horse racing action. You can sign up today with the promo code Vegas1000 and receive $10 instantly, up to $1,000 bonus. Visit vsin.com slash horses for details. That's vsin.com slash horses for details. Use the bonus code Vegas1000. Nesson, we welcome you. Marquis, we welcome you. The rest of you, you're welcome as well. We say hi on a Sunday morning. I'm Patrick Maher, live from the VEASAN studios here at the South Point. You can see behind my shoulder somebody getting down. It is, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. What do you think the number, Michael Lombardi, of course, there in Jersey, what do you think the number is tomorrow night in Boston? Remember, <sighs> Smart left the game, came back. Tatum left the game, came back. So they're banged up. But I'm just curious. We got a 2-1 series lead for the Heat. What do you think they opened game four in Boston at? Yeah, you know, my sense of it is it'll be five because I don't think Butler – can Butler play? Like, is really – I mean, it's not even going to be 48 hours from the time he went out in the first half. He had eight points. He didn't look like he had that spring in his step. Totally. I mean, I think that was the, that was the major concern – you know, when Butler was playing for Philly that I had is what was his, I mean, he wanted a five-year max deal and he got it, but you didn't really want to pay it because you knew he wasn't going to be able to sustain it. I'm a little concerned if you're the Celtics and you, excuse me, if you're the Heat and, you know, he's your, he's your marquee player. I mean, and this knee injury keeps flaring up. It's got to be a concern. So I'm going to guess five, Patrick. Okay. The right knee inflammation, he was shut down by the trainers at halftime. That was the knee he injured in game four against the Hawks. And remember, he set out game five in that series against the Hawks. So if the trend follows, we don't know if he's going to be playing game four. Spolstra said no MRI needed, and he probably would give it a go. But you're not going to get 100% Jimmy Butler. There's the number. I was surprised, as I'm sure you are as well. The number closed five and a half yesterday. I thought that was going to essentially be the number five and a half. Yeah. Well, I, obviously they don't think, but they don't think they don't they don't think Butler's going to have an impact. I think that's pretty clear to say, right? I, I mean, think, I don't I think, think they so. think this. Yep. You know, to, this is this is the highest total 
of, of any of the games, the highest split here of any of the games, uh, points, points, but, and yet, it, you know, Miami's coming off an incredible win. Yeah, I, I, mean, I would agree. It, it, it's just not consistent, but it tells you there's more to meets the eye, you know, that tells you that there's somebody that feels, and I, and I don't disagree with the fact that Butler's probably not going to play or play well. I do agree that, that, that Boston will play better. I think Boston is one of those teams that comes back from their uh, whenever they have a, a bad outing, especially Tatum. He always seems to respond very well. So I don't doubt that Boston is going to be able to win, but I do doubt that it, you know, seven's a lot of points in this series. But we say that, and most of these games aren't. I mean, last night it was a good game down the stretch in the fourth, but it really wasn't a good game for most of the game. And if you're into the zigs, if you're married to the zigzag betting pattern, the Celtics would be your play coming up next. I, you know, it's funny you said that. I was just joking with Elliot. At tw- when the Celtics were down 26, I just kind of said to myself, "We're going to be tied at some point in the fourth. Th- this is such like these. Yeah. Is, if you're watching from tip to finish and not live betting these NBA games, you just really love basketball because you could yeah. throw it on at halftime. If you're not live betting, like we're like us degenerates, but you could throw it on at halftime and you pretty much get the game because yeah, I, mean, I mean, there's so many swings." There's so many swings, and a lot of it is tied to the percentage of shooting from the three-point line. I mean, let's be honest here, right? You know, and and so if a team can get hot from the three-point line, now Boston never got truly hot from that area, but, you know, if you can get that thing going a little bit, then all of a sudden you've got a chance. I mean, and I I think ultimately that's what happens. But more than anything, I, I think when you break this game down, how does a team have 22 more attempts inside the three-point line than the other team? Pretty impressive, right? Well, I'm I'm glad you brought that up and credit to Elliot on this one again. So there is a metric that measures shot quality. And JVT has, and if I knew this, we would have got JVT on. He said the Mavs have won the shot quality metric through games in one and two in Golden State. You know, and you can derive what shot quality means. So what's fascinating to me about that is, and this is a metric that High schools use, colleges use, pro teams use this shot quality metric. But here's what Jason Kidd said. He was irked by Dallas's shot selection after blowing the lead in game two. So he's more aligned with you that even though the shot quality metric is saying you're getting good looks, you know, they got zero baskets at the, they got zero buckets at the basket. Like they're at some point you have to try to get into the paint. You have to. I mean, Kid said that after game, before game two started. He said, look, we got a lot of good looks. He said it to his team. I think they had that interview with him in, in the locker room. He said, we had good looks. We didn't make shots, right? And so that happens. Just because it's a good look doesn't mean you're going to make it. I know you're a professional and you should make it, but it's still, a, 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 you know, if you're shooting 40% from the three-point line, you're doing great. That means you're missing, you know, you're missing six out of ten shots. So, and, and when you miss those six, especially if they're on that run, that the other teams have, and it can prove to be deadly. So I don't disagree. They had good looks. They had open looks. Just to me, when you're not shooting well, do you continue to shoot yourself out of it? I think that's the issue here. I totally agree. And by the way, the market agrees with the zigzag and the bounce back for Dallas today. Remember it opened two. Every shop's at three. So, yeah. and I can get you the percentage. I can get you the splits from MGM, but this number moved everywhere from two to three. So, obviously, backers supporting the Mavs right now to bounce back. Look, look I think the Mavs know that, that even though everybody thinks it's going to be a sweep, that it's over with, the Mavs know that they've had their moments where they could have, you know, they shot poorly in game one, and yet they were only down at the half, and then the third quarter they took over. They're going to have to play four great quarters, but they're also going to have to play with better communication and better understanding of game situation. It's the same thing we talked about when they were down too low, 2-0 to Phoenix. They weren't playing really understanding situational basketball. Like, do we really want to take this three when they're on that run? Wouldn't we be better off just trying to get a layup or a dunk? Couldn't we do that just to stop the bleeding and stop the run? Right. I think situational basketball is something I agree, JVT. That Look, shot quality is great, but situational basketball does play into effect too. Got to have a feel for the game. And I think that's what yep. Kid was trying to get across with his quotes. It's like, I understand we have the open look, but we, we're missing these shots. You, at some point, you have to build some confidence and have a feel for the play. And that's, and that's what they didn't have. Listen, they're taking the shots they're told to take at that point because you're wide open. But like, 
like you said, you watch another NBA game where somebody drives to the rack, has a wide open two, and kicks it out. At some point, yeah. especially when you're down in the series, you just have to start getting buckets to build that confidence. So I know that's kind of an abstract way of looking at it. But, but think about this, though, Patrick. We talk about this all the time. When the ball goes through the net, and they have to inbound it. You can set your defense. That's 100%. And they're known so for defense. Making, the Mavs are a defensive team. <laughs> right. By making a shot, you have allow your defense to really excel itself. When you miss the shot and you get the long rebound and 100%. they're in transition and you're trying to match, your defense isn't quite as good as you want it to be. And so, to me, I, I get the value of the three-pointer. I'm not an idiot. I understand three's better than two. But I think sometimes when you can set your defense, there's some residual effect to that. You nailed it's a it. Little bit, it goes along the same lines of why are we going to keep going for it with four point, you know, with these, with these, you know, going for it on fourth down in some ridiculous situations. Especially with a team like the Warriors that are so prolific getting out on the break and in transition. And that might lends itself to looking at the total and maybe a potential under today. I know we've been dying by these unders lately. The unders were cashing at a 65% clip and all of a sudden we've got overs, a rash of overs, but I think Dallas is going to, this is going to be, it's going to be grimy. Let's put it that way. They're going to, obviously they want to live in the half court, but they're going to muck it up today. And I think they are mentally tough. I think Dinwiddie's got to play much better. I mean, that's got to be the key. And they've got to be able to control the inside portion of the game, whether it's, you know, with Powell or whether it's Kieber, whatever one of their big men that they can get something going, they've got to be able to do it. And and they've got to play more physical inside. I think that's got to be the key. So the bets, 52% of the bets on the Warriors, but 65% of the handle on the Mavs. So the money, and that might lead you to think – that sharp word potentially coming in on the Mavs here. I would imagine the Mavs feel pretty good. Look, all you have to do is point to the last series and say, this isn't insurmountable. We've done this. We did it against a team that had more wins than anybody else in the league. Right, but we got to play good tonight. We can't worry about the next game. we got to play good in this game. I think that's the biggest challenge Jason Kidd has is let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's one quarter to the next quarter to the next quarter, and let's play four really good quarters to show this team that we can play with them, you know, and and, and we can. But I, I think you get too far caught up in the sense, okay, if we can just win two here. No, you got to win one because if they don't win tonight, if they don't win tonight, this is over. You know, they're not coming back down three love. Remember, you remember the name Vinny Microwave Johnson with the Pistons yeah, back oh, in the yeah, day? The microwave. Vinny. Oh, gosh, he was so good. But what was he? He was a six man coming off the bench that gave him, he was called the Microwave because he instantly heated up. He heated Dinwiddie, it up. Dinwiddie, Dinwiddie can give you 30. He gave you four in game two. You got to yeah, get He's got to heat it up. He's got to heat it up. The microwave. What a nickname. The microwave. That was my guy. Vinny Johnson. He had that dirty shot. Kind of a oh. dumpy body, too. Oh, you know? total dumpy body. body. He was eating Uncrustables was before and after player. the game. Oh, Vinny yeah. Johnson. Oh, my gosh. I could t- go on and on about Vinny Johnson. I saw him at the mall once, and I thought I was going to faint. Like, I saw, you know, in uh, <laughs> <NSYNC>. sync. <laughs> like, it was it's my sister. Um, okay. Let's give the next man some props. Will Hill. In Pereira. He doesn't want him. He said he didn't give it out, so he doesn't want to take credit for it. He's so modest, you know? <laughs> Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is gonna be good. 
That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your life sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Discover BetMGM's king of sportsbooks. This is the deal that really you're going to win it because we've been talking about these threes. If anybody hits a three today, you're going to win 200 bucks if you're a new better. All you have to do is place a $10 money line wager on any team. It doesn't matter the bet outcome because threes are going to be taken, threes are going to be hit. You have to use the code. VEASAN 200 when you place your first bet to take advantage of this offer. Enjoy the playoffs better than ever at BetMGM. you got to be 21 years or older. Of course, 1-800-GAMBLER if you have an issue. Okay, Michael Lombardi in Jersey. I'm Patrick Maher here in Vegas. We head out to Connecticut and say hi to Will Hill Pereira. Mito, your boy. Uh, hi, Will. Uh, so now we've got a text that you didn't give out the bet, but you made your. I think you made a personal play on Pereira to win the PGA. Is that true? Yeah, that's just that's not how this works. I didn't give it out in the air, so I get no credit for it. If you want to learn about golf, I give all the credit in the world to Matt Humans, Brady Cannon, Wes Reynolds, Long Shots, Point Spread Weekly. They'll teach you plenty about golf. So I give them credit for teaching me a lot about golf, but just the rules. When you don't give it out in the air, you don't get to take a victory lap for it. And who knows? He's only up three shots. He's still plus money to win it. So uh, we'll see how it goes. He's I just thought it was a wide open. 110. Will, you come on. Don't start sandbagging now. You're going to win this. What yeah. number did you get before the tournament started? It was, he was 200 to one. I thought he could play well. And here's the other thing. I, I thought five or six guys could play well. I thought, you know, Kokrak was a good price and Patrick Reed. So, uh, and I, I like prayer pretty much every week. So I guess he was due to hit one. Again. Why did that, you, that, why did that you like him? Can go pretty quickly. Uh, I just like his game. Well, I, think I he's mean, a, don't, what's up? Don't play Debbie downer here. Now, so I why know. did you like him? Like Jeez. what was your, what was your motivation behind the pick? I just thought it was a good price. I thought, he, you know, he's a, a talented guy. I thought, you know, he's not due to win. But I, here's the thing. I didn't want to not pick him the one week he's won because I picked him so many times. Like I said, <laughs> I thought five or six different guys at long prices could play well. So he was one of them. Again, as you know, with golf, that three-shot lead can be gone in a hurry. That Those Sunday nerves, especially in a major, uh, can be a big factor. So we'll see what happens. So you're going to hedge a little bit with those that are trailing him? Get a couple of good there's prices? Like- there's like four or five guys that are pretty close to him. Who there's Zalatoris, there's Fitzpatrick, and then Justin Thomas isn't out of it. Uh, I thought about it. I'm not sure yet. Okay. He said, like, you know what? That's a modest Will Hill with a 201 yeah. ticket in his pocket. But we we appreciate it. Now, what'd you take away from the Heat Celtics? Boy, what a gutty win by the Heat. I mean, can you imagine how good that felt for Pat Riley? I mean, this is a guy who's coached the Lakers, the Knicks, uh, and the Heat. He's been a rival of the Celtics all these years. And to win that game that type of way in Boston, uh, you know, without your best player, I just thought was an incredible win. Just a testament to that team and their coaching. Obviously, the culture gets a lot of credit. But, boy, that was uh, an impressive win. Not a lot of teams would be able to hang on. And the shot of the game, I'm sure you guys have mentioned it, Max Strews down when the lead was cut from 26 to 1 couple minutes left. The building's going crazy. Struis hits a three to bring it back to four. I thought that was an enormous shot. I think, I think if they didn't make that shot, they'd probably lose the game. And then they're down 2-1 you know, on the road for game four. They're, they're in a tough spot in the series. I thought that was an enormous shot by Struis. Just an incredible win by Miami. No doubt. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, the fact that Oladipo came in off the bench and was able to give him 20 minutes, four steals, play defense, fill in for Butler. You know, they lose their best player and, and he didn't even play in the first half yet. He was willing to go and sacrifice for the team. To me, it's a tribute to the Heat culture. And, and that was a game that you knew the Heat were going to play better. And I mean, I, I didn't understand the line in that game because if you know the Heat, you know they rally. And even though Lowry, I didn't think was at his top play, he was at least able to help them get into in and out of their offense when Butler went out. Hey, boys, I know you. 19 steals, too. Yeah, the, 19 how about steals, 19 steals? 33 points off turnovers. That that was, to me, take a BAM and everything, but really that was Spolstra, as Michael said, and 
as you mentioned with Pat Riley, that's a culture thing. Like that defense and those steals, those active hands, that's that was concerted. Um, I know you I thought the refs. Yeah, I thought the refs should have bought a ticket, too, because a lot of them were just standing around watching. They let a lot of stuff go. Guys getting tackled. I mean, Tatum left the game hurt. Butler left the game hurt. That was an old school sort of basketball game. That was a very physical game. And they really didn't call out even at the end of the game when they're giving take fouls. You know, I think Boston was down six with like. 40 seconds left. They're given a foul on purpose. Even the rest still aren't calling it. So I thought the refs really let a lot of stuff go. I think if you're Spolster, you feel the same way. I mean, here you are. You take 90 shots inside the three-point line, and you went to the line 14 times, most of them in the final two minutes. I mean, Bam takes 22 shots, 21 inside the three-point line, and he goes to the line one time. Think about that. How is that even possible? Good point. I know Michael's going to be on the Mavs. Will, I know you're going to be on the Mavs. Tell me if there's the same energy here. Remember when Golden State took a 3-1 series lead over the Grizzlies with that Game 4 win at home, and then they made a business decision in Game 5 and got beat 134-95, to where they literally took the game off in Memphis? Does it ha- Do you have that kind of vibe and energy coming into this one with a 2-0 series lead for the Warriors? Yeah, I didn't even thought of that. And it's funny that 134 to 95, it wasn't even as, as close no. as that score would indicate because they were down 55, I think, at one point in that game. Uh, I just think the one thing, and these playoffs haven't been great. These playoffs haven't been very competitive. The one thing that's been consistent, these teams with their back up against the wall at home, down 2-0 in game three, or these teams that lose game one at home and need to win game two, uh, have done pretty well. So I think desperation matters. I think Dallas, for whatever reason, has defended a lot better at home as opposed to on the road. I thought they got beat off the ball a lot Friday night, you know, point of attack. They, they really didn't guard well, gave up a million points in the paint. I think Golden State was 19 of 25 in the paint uh, on Friday yeah. night. I would expect Dallas to clean that up tonight. Uh, look, this Dallas team's resilient. They were down 2 nothing against Phoenix. They were down 3-2 against Phoenix. They won a game seven on the road. Remember, they lost game one against Utah at home, and they they were down big pretty late in game two where they were almost going back to Utah down 0-2. So this team uh, has some fight to them. I expect them to, to bounce back, and you know we've seen money come in on Dallas. I, I would ex- expect you know Dallas to, uh, to bounce back. And look, we're not that far from this series being 1-1. I mean, everyone assumes it's kind of over now. Golden State's up 2-0. We're really close. If Dallas holds on to the game Friday, it's 1-1, and I think people are probably picking Dallas to win this series. So I don't think this series is over. I think Dallas wins tonight. Okay. And they've won five straight at home. So yeah. this is they're, – they're obviously more comfortable at home. I think Michael made the great point. You, you know, I understand the shot quality and the shot selection and the charts, but to be able to set up that defense, which has been their bell cow all year off a of make, is huge for this Dallas team. I, I don't think how many how many threes did they attempt in Game Two? Will do you remember Dallas? It was in the four. It was in the forties. I it was in I, my the assumption 40s. is less today. We'll just see. But let's let's. We'll, it'll, well, be yeah. to, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. I think there's no doubt about it, Patrick. I think that they, they they have had. I mean, the kids been complaining about it, and I I think he's going to stand in front of his team and say, "Fellas, look, we can't win that way." You know, we've proven it. It's the old Belichick line. You know, we've done it your way. It doesn't work. We're going to do it my way now. You know, and so, yeah, 45 threes they attempted. They were 46.7% from it. So, you know, you're sitting there saying, you know, we did a really good job. We were 46%, but we took some ill-timed ones, and we didn't stop them, and we could never set our defense. Yep. 100%. I'm actually going to have the shot quality guy on the podcast either this week or next because I think it's going to be interesting, and I think – uh, I want to learn a lot about this because I don't totally understand the shot quality stuff. It seems like the team that loses always wins in terms of the shot quality. So uh, I'm interested in it. Yeah, how I'm does not that relate? It at all. I, I mean, I got to learn about it because I, I, yeah, yeah, I get the idea. Shouldn't of it. something, shouldn't something important towards winning show up in the stats? I mean, like uh, you can say they had great shots, but if they don't make them, I mean, you know, I could have a great open look. I can't make it. I don't, I don't quite get it. You know, I think it's got to relate back to winning. Yeah, Are you good I mean, with that, Patrick? Do you understand that? that I, you know, sort I, of I understand the concept of it, but I, I'm starting to lean towards what Michael says about advanced metrics and analytics is you ha- that human element has to come in. And, and there, there is a feel, there's a rhythm, there's a sea change to every single game. And look, we're so married to analytics and numbers right now, there's going to be a pushback against that. And like just like anything in life, it's cyclical. I, I again, I understand the concept of the shot quality, but it, it, it obviously they won game one and game two shot quality as far as the metric and lost the games on the court. So 
Well, you make a good point mm-hmm. because Golden State, there's no way to put a number on this. Golden State knows how to win, whether it's you know, Clay, Draymond, Steph, that trio, they just have a habit yep. of knowing how to win games. They've won so much. There's a chemistry there. I think Kerr has coached 23 playoff series with the Warriors. They are 21 and two. They're undefeated in Western Conference series. Their only two losses uh, when Durant and Clay got hurt against the Raptors. And then the Cleveland series, they blew a 3 1 lead. Other than that, they're undefeated in postseason series. That's an incredible stat. Really I don't is. think it you know, gets enough attention. No, and I think he does a good job adjusting. I think there's no doubt about that. I mean, I mean, he saw Draymond Green almost destroy his team in the first half, and he cut his minutes down, and he played Looney more. And I think he's willing to make those sacrifices. But I think the one team that's not analytically driven is the Heat. Look at the Heat. I mean, they're not. They don't. They're not. Riley's not analytically driven. And they obviously just adjusted from game two and came back with a completely different purpose, and it paid. It's you're 100 percent right. So. Will you like the, th- you know, it's interesting because everybody's at three now. Would you still, you're still cool with laying the three off the two opener with the maps? I am. I did see you guys uh, minus 145. You guys had on the screen there for a money line. Maybe that's a safer play instead of getting burned by, you know, winning by two and not covering. But I, I do like the maps tonight. I just want to add one thing. Sure. Kevin, before the, uh, before I came on, said he has not had his uncrustable because you've been shaming him. So you're affecting I'm this not, man's I'm diet. Not, no, I'm not, I'm not sugar shaming. Kevin, I just appreciate that way. his palate is what I'm saying. Yeah. What's coming yeah. up on the New York City cast? Uh, some great guests. I think, you know, the shot quality guy this week. We'll see who else we come up with, but we've given out some winning picks. So check it out. VEASAN.com slash podcast. Don't give out his name. Just call him the shot quality guy, even when that's he's he on is. your I don't podcast. Know his name. <laughs> that's what he is. Let's <laughs> just call him that. Why not? That's all he needs to be. Some NFL news next. Thanks, Will. Discover BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Sign up today and win $200 if you place a $10 wager on any NBA playoff game and either team hits a three-pointer regardless of your bet's outcome. Simply use bonus code V. Simply use bonus code V. Simply use bonus code V. Simply use bonus code Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. 